morning and welcome to our worship service from the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village for this Sunday, May 16th, 2021. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship today. We are worshiping in our sanctuary in person under the restrictions of our healthy, safe protocols and virtually through viewing our online broadcast. Now, we have not heard of the new health safety instructions from our state and county authorities pertaining to how they are processing the new CDC instruction guidelines on masks and distancing. So until we do hear from our local authorities, we will continue with our current protocol of mask wearing and of six feet distancing. Uh, even if we are vaccinated. Yet we are clearly moving in a good direction and perhaps by next week we will have some other instructions by what we are doing. So we welcome all of our worshipers this morning as we gather to celebrate God in our midst and seek the resources from God on our journeys of life. We've been having, they're not up there right now, um, but you were seeing, weren't you, uh, a series of announcements. So I don't want to be repetitive of those announcements too much, but I just want to highlight Jim Lawson because I thought I was going to be doing it for the last three weeks and I keep get told by Joanna, that, oh, it's not this week. It's not this week. He just worked ahead. It's, it's this week, though, that we celebrate his 55th birthday and we are uh, his 85th birthday. And what an accomplishment that is. Congratulations, Jim. We are uh, thankful for your life. Uh, if, you'll, if you know Jim's story, you know that he was uh, totally healthy, I think never in the hospital or with a temperature until I showed up about four years ago. And then there's been a series of hospitalizations and surgeries and all sorts of things. So we're glad that you have sustained yourself through all of that. And we thank you for your generosity of the flowers this morning. We also want to thank Ann Bell for her generosity of being with us in worship this morning and providing our, our musical support. Um, you will note on the website and on blasts that come out from Joanna from the church office on Friday and on Sunday afternoons, all the opportunities for ministry that we're reminding you of that come up during the week. And, and among there, you will see the mission moment for whatever it is for that month. Uh, this month, it's uh, NAMI. You will see uh, encouragement for canned goods or things like that or other things that are going on like the many, man many mansions a virtual camp and encouragement for supporting that. Uh, next week is Pentecost. Some people are excited about Pentecost. Um, and if you are like her, you will want to wear red next week when you show up for worship or even if you're just watching at home. Be a part of the party. Red is the special color for Pentecost, the descent of the Spirit. Uh, upon us and the birth of the church. So if you want to join the celebration, uh, wear red next week as you come to worship or watch us on worship. It also will be Youth Sunday. So the youth will graduate Sunday. 
Um, so those graduates will be playing uh, particularly important roles in our worship service, and so you'll want to come to uh, support them as well. So let us center ourselves now and prepare ourselves for worship. continue on with our sermon series on the, on the parables uh, as a way for us to learn more about God's way and will for God's creation in which we live and ourselves. We seek to partner with God in shaping the future, so we seek to align ourselves to God's purposes. This is faithfulness, leaning in towards God more and more as we are able to, expecting God to likewise lean in towards us. So let's center ourselves to move forward in worship with prayer. Let's pray. Holy God, we celebrate your presence in our lives and turn towards you in our time of worship that we might sense your healing grace as we experience our hurts and our challenges. Identify our hopes and our yearnings. May we be assured of your encouragement and empowerment in our efforts to live good lives in your spirit. Amen. Amen. children. This is interesting. My children are directly behind the camera, so if I, you see me bouncing up and down, it's because I'm trying to make eye contact with them at the same time. So, I am so glad to be able to say that today is another first for our congregation. Today is the first day back for Sunday school, and we have some teachers that are here ready to teach our children. So when your family is ready to come back, we'd love to see you. And we'd love to continue to share and learn together about our stories of faith. This week in our story of faith, we're talking about Paul and how once he became Paul. Do you guys know the story of Paul and Saul and how there was a man named Saul who, who went about trying to teach people or went about uh, judging judging the uh, the Christians and kind of persecuting them. That's a big word that you can ask your parents or your teacher about. Um, and so at one point, God appeared to him and said, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Experience what you can from this love that Jesus has for you and change your ways. And Saul actually did change his ways and said, I want to help people know about Jesus and I want to live just like Jesus did. And he made a change. 
But sometimes when we make a change, people don't accept that we've truly changed right away, huh? Have you ever experienced that when you have a friend at school who, or someone at school who's kind of been mean to you and all of a sudden they start being nice? You're like, is this for real? What's going on? And so the followers of Jesus were asking the same question. Is this Paul guy for real? Is he, is he trying to live a life of faith or is he going to do something to us that we don't like so much? But then a man named Barnabas came up and said, guys, this is real. Paul has changed. Let's accept him and see what he has to teach us and how we might learn from him. In our Celebrate Wonder curriculum, we've been talking about the theme of love. And sometimes love means standing up for others, being a support for them, and saying, yes, this person is is being honest. This person is being real. Let's give them a chance. And for that, that is a great joy and a great opportunity. So as we think about how we share love with others, let's remember that there's times that we need to stand up for others as well. Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for yesterday and for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Help us to love others and to stand up for them. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, children that head off to Sunday school, I apologize for the interruption. I'm going to encourage you to follow the arrows on the floor and follow the guides for how you walk out of the building, okay? Thank you. at the moment. Um, one of our littlest wanted to come up and sit on the steps. He was very, very wanting to come and sit and have children's time the way that we used to do it. So many of us want to have life the way that we used to do it. And forgive me for being a little bit emotional as, as um, we step into prayer today. Will you join me in a moment of prayer? Awesome and almighty God, We see a light at the end of the tunnel. We hear hopes and promises that things may be able to return back to normal. But help us to discern the best process forward so that we can truly honor where everyone is at and what the health needs are for our congregation and for our community. Lord, you invite us to take care of the least of these and allow us to think about those who need extra support and extra 
precautions at this time and how we might advocate for them as well as for ourselves. Lord, we give you thanks for the ways in which your spirit continues to move around us, continues to guide us, to direct us, to give us hope and promise of a new day. This new day is one that brings us joy, brings us many smiles, and continues to remind us that we are proceeding forward and getting back to life, maybe not the way we exactly, exactly the way we used to know it, but someplace close to a new normal that gives us comfort and gives us that new life. As we continue to dig into those parables that you your son taught us so long ago, allow us to sit in those parables, to take brief sentences and to see the ways in which you chalked so much information and invite us to not just take things at face value, but to dig in and to get to know you and your truths more clearly so that as we seek the kingdom of God, we might truly continue to build that kingdom here on earth. As a church community, we lift up prayers for Steve Blassingame, who is having side effects from his chemotherapy and other medication. As he was admitted into the ICU this week with sudden kidney damage, we ask that you be with him, that he might be able to feel your presence and have the healing that you know that he needs. We join Dave and Linda Northrup in lifting up prayers for Deb and Rick, um, as Rick battles pancreatic cancer, give him strength, give him comfort, offer healing. We join with the Tabutal Allen family in praying for Betsy Allen as she recently received the diagnosis of stage four pancreatic cancer. We join Pam Sutphin in lifting up prayers for her sister Marilyn visiting from Oregon. She fell this week and broke her shoulder and injured her hip. We give thanks for the fact that no surgery was needed and that physical therapy has begun, but we ask for healing and that we ask for the family and friends to surround both Marilyn and her husband in support and care as Marilyn's husband is homebound in Southern Oregon. We join the Ames family in lifting up prayers for the Blowers, uh, longtime friends who are dealing with multiple health issues, including cancer. Lord, we lift up prayers for the fires that are burning down south, the Palisades Fire, which has already um, covered 750 acres. Be with those that are evacuating, that they might know your peace and might know your comfort. Lord, we lift up prayers for Israel and the conflict that is happening there. We pray for the families that have lost loved ones, who have lost property, and are trying to figure out how to live together. We don't just come to you with concerns, though, Lord. We also celebrate. We celebrate Sunday school returning. We celebrate members of our church like Julie Elginer, who ran with eight or seven of her friends on a team to complete the Ragnar Zion trail run, running over 120 miles in just under 30 hours. Ugh. Be with them in their exhaustion. Be with them in their exuberation. And thank you, Lord, for sending us people who teach us that we can do hard things. 
Lord, be with each of us as we come to you with our joys and with those hard things so that we share them with you in this moment of prayer or silence. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join together in saying the prayer that your Son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
scripture reading today is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30 and 47 to 50. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who, who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We've been looking at parables by Jesus, uh, short stories, as Amy Jill Levine likes to call them, that speak of the kingdom of God, helping us better understand Jesus' view on the kingdom of God and how we might benefit from taking on his perspective. Taking on Jesus' point of view should always seem like a, uh, like a good thing, Right? Yeah. If we're, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, well, then I, I guess that's kind of the, the way it rolls. So far, as Pastor Rachel and I have tried to unpack these things, uh, we hope that you have noticed. These parables can be hidden and take some good listening and thinking about. Uh, 
with a variety of receptivity, their wisdom is embraced or discarded. Yet the kingdom underlies all of life, will affect it all, and grow successfully. And when we align our lives with it, it will affect and it will spiritually mature us. So we are smart to prize it, to seek it, to claim it, to possess it, and to fully live into it. Because the kingdom is priceless, of value beyond all reckoning and all worth. Now, does that sound like what you've heard these last few sermons? Um, I'm hoping so. We have before us two fairly similar parables today, the weeds and the net. Both speak to the spiritual harvest of the Word of God at the, at the end times or at the fullness of days, that time in which the faithful are welcomed into the kingdom and the feast of the heavenly banquet. The metaphors of farming and fishing are used, providing the listeners of Jesus' days readily understood situations through which to make sense of his theology, his understanding of the last days. Yet as is often Jesus' way, he messes with the metaphors a little to gain the listener's heightened attention and to teach his perspective of God's grace and God's ultimate judgment. Judgment is here. And it is not skirted around by Jesus. We end up pleasing to God or we end up displeasing to God. Yet thanks be to God, it is all undergirded by grace. And then more grace from God to us for us to get things right. This is the amazing thing about God. God's intention is that we would feast with God at the heavenly banquet. Yet if we remember that passage from Scripture, we know that all do not choose to respond to God's invitation and to join God. Our choices lead to our futures. Our choices lead to our futures. So let's begin with a look at the parable of the weeds since it gives a little bit more information that leads us up to this harvest, this harvest of souls at the end times. Its elements are the field of life in which seeds are sown, the good seeds of the spirit, the wheat in the parable, and the bad seeds of evil, the darnel. 
Now the field master counsels the field workers to let both good and evil seeds grow in the field since weeding out the bad sprouts could damage the good sprouts. The separating of the good from the bad is left for the, the time of harvest. Now those of us who are farmers or ranchers or just gardeners in our backyard, we're shaking our heads just a little bit at what Jesus says, since allowing the, the bad seedlings to grow among the good seedlings we know would, would kind of harm the good seedlings. And, and we remember Jesus himself mentions this same gardening truth in his parable of the sower. So there's a spiritual reality here beyond farming rules that Jesus is highlighting. Namely, to let God be the judge of good and bad seedlings. Not us. It's as if he is saying, uh, you know, it would, it would be pretty hard for us humans to to accurately identify the good from the bad. So as we would intend to be weeding out bad from good, we might actually, in our own poor judgment, be weeding out the good and not the bad. Indeed, Jesus, just as Darnell looks like wheat, people can appear both good and then at another time bad, depending on the life circumstances or the, the challenges or even the stages of their lives and the effect of their spiritual maturation. Have you noticed that about other people? Have you noticed that about yourself? As the spiritual growth of the mustard seed takes place in our lives, we may indeed grow from, from spiritual weaklings to a spiritual giant. over time, through life. So, ah, yes, uh, Jesus, please don't let others weed me out before I have time to grow strong and true. Let not God's grace be thought of as in vain with me. Amen? So Jesus says, let's wait a bit. Let's, let's just wait a bit on this weeding business of the kingdom of God and give each seedling the chance to fully become what it is or hopes or resolves to be. And then at the harvest time, they'll be the, 
the easier opportunity for the sorting of good from bad. J. L. Worth Callus in Parables from the Backside gets to the point of this parable in our lives. Weeds are a post-Eden fact of life. This parable notes that hypocrites and half-hearted followers are an embarrassment perhaps to the church, but a reality, a reality that God will more effectively deal with than we will. So the field, life, supports both the good and the bad seedlings, the sun and the rain falls on the good and the bad alike. And the kingdom of God will appear to have both good and <laughs> bad people within it in this pre-consummation time, in this not yet of the kingdom of God time. And if we think about it, if we, if we step back a little bit from feeling, uh-oh, this is kind of a, a, a judgment word here upon us, isn't it? If we, if we step back from that just a bit, we might notice that Jesus is making a, a really positive point. Such a compromised state of affairs is the confusion caused by the intersection of our human willfulness and God's ever-present grace, always available to help change or save the day. So that among us and, and within us, there is the influence and the effect of good and, and evil. And hopefully, we choose to maximize the one and minimize the other. We make those kind of choices. The outcome of our lives, Jesus seems to be saying, is not determined until the end of our lives. So no premature weeding. Now, don't be misled here. Jesus and the apostles, the apostles, Paul, Paul in particular, have a lot to say about how to lead a holy and a righteous life that, that we should be paying attention to as individuals and as a community. These instructions are to be followed for our betterment and for the betterment of all around us. And, and clearly for the spreading of the kingdom of God, these should be paid attention to and lived into. Yet, in terms of our 
ultimate salvation and the consummation of the kingdom of God. Jesus says, leave that in God's hands. The parable of the net looks at the harvest of souls from the perspective of fishing. It notes that instead of fishing for just one kind of fish, the really good tasty one, the dragnet approach of God is used and all sorts of fish are gathered in by the fishermen. Taken to the shore, that's the end time, the good fish are separated from the bad. The good being kept and the bad, well, tossed away. While fishing with the dragnet, the workers would not have been able to determine which fish was good and which fish was bad as they haul it in. Yet at the shore, at the shore, the master can easily make that decision. So we hear again that judgment looms. And yet the time preceding it is presented as, a, as an intermixing of good and bad fish, perhaps resulting in some kind of spiritual confusion within the emerging kingdom, yet holding open the clear opportunity to get oneself right with God before the end. Considering the parable of the net, biblical scholar and author Robert Farrar Capon writes in Parables of the Kingdom, everyone is vindicated. The kingdom of God is indiscriminate in its ingathering at first. All are invited and all are called with a welcoming spirit. This is the, the net reaching the shore. All are there. Yet he, he notes, Capon notes, those who insist on judgment get judgment. In my thinking, Capon is speaking of those who are not full of love as they are drawn to the shore on the other side of the lake. Now he goes on writing, the damned, the damned are not a crowd of wistful types pining away for a wonderful deal that some mean scorekeeper of a god did them out of. They are a bunch of unreconstructed haters, he writes, who threw away the best deal they were ever offered and could not find anyone but themselves to be furious with. Jesus cautions us that we need to live amid 
the bad and evil in the world. But as we are ushered into the next, there is a shaking out and sorting that we would call a spiritual reckoning. We typically don't like to, to think or, or talk about this. I don't preach a whole lot about it. Since in the privacy of our thoughts, we know in truth that we are included among those who are not as perfect as God is perfect. And Jesus lays before us that standard for who we should become. Be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. And oh boy, if he meant that. Yet our intentions, our beliefs, and our behavioral efforts are of consequence to our current spiritual well-being and our ultimate spiritual outcome. And I think we somehow need to acknowledge this. That we are not understanding the gospel if we do not state this spiritual truth of reckoning. Yet equally so, we are not understanding the gospel if we do not hold open to people the impact of Christ's redemptive grace to transform and to save our souls, working upon us throughout our lifetime. So the spiritually compromising situation of the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God ultimately rests upon the power of God's grace to change lives and to carry the day eternally. As Capon sums up, the malice, the evil, the badness that is manifest in the real world, in the lives of real people is not to be dealt with by attacking or abolishing the thing or the people in whom it dwells. Rather, it is to be dealt with by a term he calls ephesus, which in his understanding means forgiveness, suffering, inclusion of a permission of a community all kind of rolled up into one. And it is the mystery of the kingdom of God that God gets God's way in the end. Even as we get our way for good or for ill in the meantime.
So we are, again, with these parables, encouraged about the kingdom of God in our faith. It is as it should be. Don't worry. God is undergirding it all. It is growing. It will not be derailed. It will ultimately prevail, and we can count on it. So trust in God, in the growing and the fruiting of the kingdom. It is as if Jesus is saying to his followers, don't worry, God is God, and God's will will not be thwarted. God prevails. Don't worry. Trust in God. Live on with confidence, though the days may be confusing and full of challenges. Live on in faith and seek your better self. Perhaps you are being redeemed by grace right now. Perhaps you too are in the process of being saved by God. Choose the good over the bad at all times and in all places. Be Faithful. The kingdom is growing and will fruit fully into its glorious future. Let's be there. Be at peace. Live on trusting in God and strive always for the kingdom of God's love and grace. Amen. God gets God's way in the end, and that we are growing into our better selves seeking that better life that we can have enfolded in God's grace. We don't just hope for God's way in the end, but we hope for God's way here and now on earth. Our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings are the ways in which we work together to try to build God's kingdom and striving to make sure that God's love and grace are felt and experienced by those throughout our land. So we have the opportunity to give our gifts to God through our offering. You can do that online. You can do it at the offering trays that are at the door on your way out if you have not done so on your way in. Let us think about how we might continue to grow into who God is seeking us to be as we receive the gift of music.
We trust this service has been a blessing to you. Go with God this week. You know, so much of our lives can be influenced and affected by the simple awareness that we go with God. We are spiritual creatures blessed with a consciousness of the divine as the ground of our being and the goal of our life. Live in that awareness. Make this true to you. And you will find that you are blessed by it. Be safe. Stay healthy. Know that you are loved. Amen.